Hello and welcome to episode 18 of Text Month. We have our host and friendly membership team here today. Hey Brad. Why hello there. Well hello Caitlin, what's up? <laughs> you know, just membership chilling. Just chilling and of course this is Alex. So today we're sitting down with Director of Public Policy and friend of the pod Graham Default for a deep dive on the Wear It Act. But first we're going to hit tech history and run through some DC headlines. June 11th. 1978, Texas Instruments, Inc. introduces the Speak and Spell. Speak and Spell was a talking educational toy for children. It was first introduced at the Consumer Electronics Show, CES, in 1978. The device features the first electronic duplication of the human voice on a single chip of silicon. It was also one of the earliest handheld electronic devices with a visual display. That's cool. It transformed digital information processed through a filter into synthetic speech and could store more than 100 seconds of linguistic sounds. Although Speak and Spell was discontinued in 1992, it was named an IEEE milestone in 2009 for representing key historical achievements in electrical and electronic engineering. And that's all for tech history. That sound means it's time for What's Brewing in DC. Caitlin and Brad, what are some of the top tech headlines? The ongoing trade war between the US and China could be coming to a close, but there are still many concerns about possible damage to the app economy. According to Treasury Secretary Steven Mnuchin, the U.S. and China are, quote, about 90% of the way there, but the current U.S. proposal includes new tariffs on smartphones, laptops, tablets, and other wireless internet devices that represent the access points for millions of Americans to the Internet of Things ecosystem. These tariffs could have a severe impact on the small business-driven digital economy valued at $1.3 trillion dollars. As a response to these tariffs, we, ACT, the App Association, have filed a public response to the United States Trade Representative's Office request for comment, asking for several electronic products to be removed from the proposed tariffs. We're hopeful that the U.S. and China can come to a deal at or before the G20 summit scheduled to take place this coming weekend in Japan, but only time will tell. In more international news, a major case related to the EU-US privacy shield has been delayed. Originally, the hearing was set to take place on the 1st and 2nd of July, but the General Court of the EU canceled the hearing and intends to wait on a decision on a separate but related hearing on July 9th. The now-canceled hearing involved the French Digital Rights Group bringing a complaint against the European Commission's data transfer agreement. The complaint brought forward argues that the privacy shield is incompatible with EU law as a result of U.S. government mass surveillance practices, according to the group's first complaint back in October 2016. Similar concerns have been brought forward by the European Parliament, European data protection agencies, as well as privacy and data protection experts. For more information on this, head to the show notes. In Hill Happenings, House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy has come forward backing a push for federal data privacy legislation. McCarthy is part of a growing group of bipartisan legislators hoping to pass some kind of privacy legislation. And despite the fact that 2019 was supposed to be, quote, the year of privacy, it seems unlikely that a bill will be signed into law by the end of the year. Lawmakers like McCarthy are worried that the failure to pass a bill sooner rather than later will lead to more state-by-state privacy laws, which could could disrupt growth and innovation in the tech industry. And this comes right off the heels of Facebook's top executive saying that they're open to regulation that can address problems from violent content to user privacy. For more information on this, head to our show notes. 
In more Hill happenings, Senate Dems have asked the Trump administration to disclose details related to the Federal Trade Commission and the Justice Department antitrust investigations into Amazon, Facebook, Google, and Apple. The letters sent by seven senators to both the FTC and DOJ say that, quote, given the silence of the FTC and the Justice Department, the truth is that we still do not know if these investigations have actually been initiated and neither do the American people. You can't handle the truth. <laughs> the senators also claim that the circumstances surrounding the investigations are, quote, far from typical and that due to the significant public interest in the allegations surrounding big tech, more transparency is necessary. Before we sign off what's brewing, we're going to hit you with some 2020 election updates. The first debates begin this week with a two-night event on June 26th and 27th. The first night includes Senators Warren, Booker, and Klobuchar, Reps and former Reps O'Rourke, Ryan, Delaney, and Gabbard, among several others. The second night includes former Vice President Biden, Senators Bennett, Gillibrand, Harris, and Sanders, and Mayor of South Bend, Indiana, Pete Buttigieg, among many others. A new candidate entered the race this week, former representative from Pennsylvania, Joe Seastack. Seastack will not take the stage this week. And right now, the candidates pulling the highest are former VP Joe Biden, Senators Sanders, Warren, and Harris, and Mayor Pete Buttigieg. So today we're sitting down with friend of the pod, Graham, to talk about a piece of legislation that ACT has been working on called the Wear It Act. Graham, what up? Welcome back. Hey, thank you. Good we're to be so here. We're so happy to have you. Good. Every Thanks. time. I'm happy Every time. to be here. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, we want to talk today about yeah. the Wear It Act, which you have been working on for quite a while now. Tell us about it. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me. Um, the Wear It Act is a bill that we actually drafted. So it is a draft bill, hasn't been introduced yet. And we're looking for a leader on the Democrat and Republican side in both the House and Senate right now. Uh, but basically what it does is it updates the law around tax advantages. Um, consumers right now have uh, can put money into a tax advantage account. And they can use that money toward things like sunscreen, neck pillows, uh, single-use wearable devices like an EKG monitor, for example. Um, but what isn't covered right now in the law and the way the IRS interprets the law are wearable devices that do a couple of things at the same time. So if you have a wearable device that happens to track your steps, uh, track your blood oximetry level, and an EKG, that the IRS is a little more shy about covering that because it does multiple things and it's more probably marketed to do multiple things at once as opposed to uh, addressing or mitigating one medical condition. Uh. And so there, there is the statutory issue there, and that's why we are looking to Congress to make a, a quick fix to the law. And those flex spending accounts you're talking about, some people know those as FSAs or H HSAs, right? Exactly, yeah. Uh, so flex spending accounts are those tax advantage accounts that you can use on quote-unquote medical care right. and on child care. Um, and then HSAs are health savings accounts, and those usually accompany... Uh, high deductible plans where you're spending a lot of money out of pocket and therefore uh, you can throw money into that HSA account and use it for certain things that go toward medical care. And so when we talk about these devices that do more than one thing, um, what do you, why, why focus on those? Like why is that kind of the goal here? I think that's, that's a really good question, but it's where manufacturers and 
app developers are heading right now. And it's they're addressing what consumers really want. Consumers want to be able to address multiple issues at the same time using this one device. You don't want to wear a bunch of different devices to uh, do different things, right? And so if manufacturers and app developers are going in this direction, you might as well not disadvantage those versus the devices and apps that only do one thing. Um, and so kind of leveling the playing field is what we're talking about and in a way that uh, helps the consumer get to what they really actually want. They demand uh, wearables and tracking, tracking platforms that do a couple of different things at the same time. And we've talked a little bit too uh, in the past about sort of using things like remote monitoring uh, and wearables for preventative medicine. So is there mm -hmm. also a level to this um, that will reduce overall healthcare costs? Yeah, that's the that's what we're all trying to get toward is preventive care and trying to monitor symptoms, especially if you're at risk for a chronic condition like diabetes, heart failure, uh, obesity. These are all things that can be addressed by preventative measures like being active um, or by uh, eating eating more healthy. Uh, these are things that can be tracked using wearable devices and software platforms, um, but you have to make the investment at the outset. And what the studies are starting to show, uh, University of Mississippi Medical Center, for example, did a study of folks that are pre-diabetic and have diabetes, um, showing that if 20% of the diabetic population uh, signed up for their their program, which which used uh, wearables and which used uh, remote patient monitoring, um, then it would save the Medicaid system annually about 180 million dollars. Wow! And that's a that's a big savings that uh, a study has shown. And I think the studies are starting to show this right now. Uh, it, it has taken a while to get there though, because yeah. this these are newish technologies. The smartphone only came out about a decade ago, 12 years ago. Uh, and so that has really kind of driven the proliferation of, of software and devices that do a couple of things. Um, so I guess my natural next question um, is that obviously this is something that typically we would think of as an insurance benefit rather than something that we'd use um, your, your flex savings uh, account for. So why are we going for the flex saving instead of sort of typical insurance? That's, that's another really good question because there are some insurance companies that are starting to uh, come out with programs where they're in providing incentives right. for people to use wearables and they're saying you know if you hit a certain number of steps if you stand if you um, spend a, enough of your day standing up as opposed to sitting down then you can qualify for discounts uh, here and there right. uh, but look what we wanted to do here was ensure that um, consumers would have choices with the insurance plans usually they make the choice as to which device qualifies and then the cons the uh, the beneficiary doesn't really have a choice beyond what the insurance provider chose. Uh, the other part of it is that the insurance provider is getting all of that data mm -hmm. if it's an insurance-run program. And here, you know, uh, it may be better to have a have a system where and an opportunity for consumers that don't necessarily want to share that data with their insurance provider um, it, uh, that option because the insurance provider will because they are mostly. HIPAA covered entities, they'll have to go through a bunch of different hoops to get that data from the consumer if, if it's if it's um, belongs to the consumer in the first place. Right. They have more choice. The consumer has more choice around what they're sending their their insurance company yeah. or they have more choice in what they <coughs> in send devices. to the insurer yeah. and and in which devices exactly. 
Uh, and so this, we thought this way would be a little bit better and meet the consumer where they are. And you were talking the other day about the choice with devices, talking about you know, these smaller companies that create wearables, like our member companies, you know, Biostrap and, and others. Can you kind of talk a little bit more about, I think people don't really realize the range of wearables that are available. Yeah, they're, they're really starting to uh, hit the market and, and you start to search for these things and there's something for every every type of situation. We've got um, one of our member companies, uh, uh, Andrew Savitz's uh, Can Spinach, uh, has a client called uh, Body Boss, and they have a product called One Loop, which uh, which helps. It's for physical uh, therapists, and it can be used for physical therapists, but it's also for folks who are just working out, so they can. Uh, the device actually just shows you how much weight you're lifting and how many reps you're doing. Hmm. All this stuff can be uh, sent you know, transmitted to the physician so they can keep tabs on your physical therapy. You know, as Andrew says, it's really helpful for folks that are in rural areas because otherwise they need to go, you know, sometimes it'll take them half the day to go to their physical therapist if they're recovering from uh, surgery, for example. Um, Here they can do it at home and the physical therapist can can track that. This is an independent company. It's not a huge company, but they're a manufacturer. They make a device they sell here in the U.S., um, you know, why would we advantage uh, certain devices over these smaller companies by making other devices qualify for these FSA expenditures and not something like OneLoop? Uh, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, and it and it would do a whole lot and go um, an extra step toward helping people that are trying to recover from surgery or that need physical therapy recovering from an injury. So with this bill and with sort of some of the sensitive data that's associated with these devices, um, are there any other concerns around data security and and privacy that that we're thinking about with the bill? Well, I think one of the biggest questions Congress is grappling with right now is what happens to uh, healthcare information uh, that leaves the HIPAA-covered umbrella? HIPAA is the main uh, healthcare privacy law, but it only applies to covered entities and their business associates, really. Um, and so uh, it's the same data, but it is under a different regime when it's held by a non-covered entity. Right. And so uh, this is why we think uh, comprehensive privacy reform should happen. This is why we think there ought to be a bill that strengthens privacy here in the U.S. and sets a a set of, you know, federal requirements that better account for uh, high-risk data like healthcare data. Um, You know, we traditionally think of the higher-risk data as being like financial and healthcare-related because if it's mishandled, those are are the types of data that can really kind of uh, cause harm to you. And so uh, we want to see a a comprehensive bill uh, come out of Congress because of that. Um, So we've been, we're it's a simultaneous push for uh, better treatment for wearable devices that truly help people engage in preventive care and uh, mitigate chronic illness uh, through our Wear It Act, but also looking for comprehensive privacy reform. And so both of them are extremely important. That's awesome. So what are the next steps? How do we, how do we get this passed? What do we do? Yeah, we are right now looking for a champion on the House side and on the Senate side. Uh, the bill would be referred to the Ways and Means Committee on the House side and the Finance Committee on the Senate side. And so it's a matter of working with those committees 
making sure that there is a path forward. Hopefully, we can find a way to get the bill introduced by members in the House, Republicans, Democrats, uh, uh, senators, and uh, find a moving vehicle through one of those, uh, each of those committees. That's great. And yeah. we're going to be including more information about the Weird Act um, in our show notes. Um, yeah. Is there any way that our listeners can get involved? Yeah. I. You know what? Uh, let us know if you want to get involved. We would love for member companies to be writing in to the members of Congress, telling them how important it is to update the law to include wearable devices and their associated software components uh, in qualified medical expenses for uh, flex spending accounts and health savings accounts. Uh, that's how we. That's how you can help. You could. You could just call your your member's office, your senator's office. Um, especially if they're on the Ways and Means Committee uh, <laughs> or the Senate Finance Committee, that is an extremely important part of it. We need we need champions on those committees in in particular, um, or if they happen to be in leadership, that's also helpful. You know, also it doesn't helpful. hurt to have the speaker doesn't of the hurt. house behind you. <laughs> <laughs> so. If you're listening, yeah, yeah, yeah take some Yeah, we've got some work to do. Exactly. I think so. I've heard her mention that she listens to Tech Swamp a few times. Oh, definitely. Leadership conferences, yeah. for sure. Yeah, for sure. I think she has a wearable too. I'm oh. not sure. Maybe a Fitbit. Mm. Okay. Check, you know, you check out the latest pictures. So. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, it's not a deep fake, though. <laughs> <laughs> Graham, it's been a pleasure as always. Thank you. Thank you, guys. And now it's time for our random identifier. Today, we are joined by membership's summer intern, Colin. Hey, Colin. Howdy. Um, all right. So I want you to maybe like tell listeners a little bit about yourself, and then we're going to launch into Random Identifier. Hey, so I'm Colin. I'm a rising senior at the University of Richmond, where I triple major in global studies, history, and political science. Nerd. Not one. Not <laughs> you. That's but three. Killing the game. You get the smartest <laughs> in membership. We like lucked out. <laughs> um, all right. So, random identifier. Share with us something that you are obsessed with right now. So something I'm really interested in right now is uh, the black market, specifically the black market in cacti. I'm not just talking about like peyote or stuff like that. I'm talking <laughs> like cacti that you put on your desk. There is a huge black market in. So wait, so, wait, 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 wait. Yeah. Like, like on the internet. Yeah, like you can on eBay, you can find hundreds of species of cacti that are technically listed as like you cannot sell them on like legally. No you cannot way. Sell those. Yeah. So. Saguaro National Park in Arizona actually microchips uh, some of the saguaros because what? for every like foot of height a saguaro has, its its cost goes up about a hundred dollars, and they've had issues where people come and just dig up saguaro cacti. Like in the middle of the day or in the dead of night? In the or? dead of night, middle of the day. There was like a landscaper from Phoenix or something that went and dug up like 17. They caught him in the middle of the day. Did they arrest what him? What are you doing? Oh, yeah. He got eight months in prison for digging up cacti. Damn. Wow. Yeah. I'm I perplexed. Like, yeah. And then I, they yeah, smuggle, they smuggle them across yeah. the board. Hipsters, man. Like hipsters. <laughs> <laughs> hey, everyone, hipsters. <laughs> think of like a trendy coffee shop, like a trendy office. It's all succulents and cacti. And yeah, they take I'm, forever Oh, my God. Grow. Am I part of the problem? I have a jade plant and two Christmas cacti. Yeah, I have multiple cacti at my house. Yeah, I mean they're they're great. Just make sure you're not buying illegal right. cacti. Like, Luckily, <laughs> I've never gone on like eBay to buy a cacti. I've always bought them in like stores. So that means I'm safe, right? Probably, Probably it means you're Hope safe. So. Yeah, oh, the illegal man. cacti trade. Who yeah. knew? 
This is a, that was a fun fact. That was a good one. That was a good one, yeah. Thank you, Colin. Um, all right, Brad. All right. to you. I have a confession to make (laughs) Uh that almost everyone knows in the office, but (laughs) maybe our listeners do not. (laughs) I am a super fan of the Dave Matthews band. So you have to, you have to like tell us what super fan really means. I went to five shows last year. Just last year. Yeah. 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 I owned quite a few show posters. Like 20. What does quite a few mean? I, yeah. I don't know about At 20, least. but probably probably close to at least 10 to 15, I'd say. <laughs> 10 Somewhere 15. in that range, okay. yeah. Bold. Um, Are they all different? Yeah. Oh, That's yeah. That's cool. I, and I have every show I've ever been to, as well uh, as a couple extras that I So it's I like just a commemorative thing, too. Yeah. Keep yeah. the ticket in the frame and stuff. Yeah. You should bring one here for your office space. Maybe. Maybe I should, but I... I don't know if I have any extras. Maybe I'll buy a new one just for the yeah. office. Give me an excuse to get another one. <laughs> so why Dave Matthews? What is it about this uh, band? Well, first of all, the lyrics are really positive. Mm-hmm. And then some of them are really dark and introspective, which is also very fun. But more so than anything, I, I touched on this a little bit when I talked about John Mayer. <laughs> the musicianship is just incredible. Right. So as someone that's uh, played guitar for a number of years... It's really interesting to listen to their level of talent and skill at their respective instruments. So you've seen them a bunch of times. Is it the same show every time or is it different every time? Never. It's never, never the, the same. same. Never the same. <laughs> never the same. But a unique experience every time. No matter yeah, what. and I went to three shows in three nights and probably heard about 75 different songs. Because they do not have an opener. They just play for three hours straight every night. Wow, they're like Springsteen. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Crazy stuff. Nice. All right. I like I like this one. I feel like we've, we, like, every random identifier, Tech Swampers get to learn more about you, Brad. Yeah, absolutely. And I chose this week to make you all aware of it because <laughs> uh, before the next podcast, I will be seeing Dave Matthews Band in the pit. So I'm... Getting... Is this your first time in the pit? Yes. Oh, so I'm getting uh-huh. very excited. Are there any songs you're particularly hoping to hear? Uh, Deep there's... tracks only. Ants yeah. marching. Mostly, <laughs> mostly just dreams that I'll never play. But I, I can give Drive In, Drive Out would be real fun to hear. Right. Caitlin, what is your random identifier? So unfortunately mine is not like as positive. Um, mine is more of like a gripe against the Washington Post. I love gripes. Yeah, well, apparently summer dies in darkness because the Washington Post hates the summer. (laughs) They just recently came out with an article this week that said, actually, summer is bad. What does that mean? I'm sorry, what? Like, first of all, we don't have a lot of wonderful things in this world. So just like, let people enjoy summer. Like, why are you trying to take that away from happy people? Yeah. This just goes into the whole notion that, like, trashing popular things is cool. Like, oh, like, we're better than you because we don't like this popular thing. But, like, also you're it's trashing an life. entire season. Right. Wait, can I, what did they, why is, why is summer bad? They were saying that the days being longer is worse, that people are pressured to have fun summers. Mm. See, I just thought I was going to. Enjoy gonna... your life, man. Just, like, why? Yeah. I don't get it. And then. Someone in the article, I'm not going to name her name, but she said that she likes leaving work in the wintertime when it's dark outside. That's It's called seasonal up. affective disorder for a reason, you guys. Come yes. on. Well, and, like, I'm really sweaty, like, in the summertime. It's not super pleasant for me all the time, but I still love summer, you know? Yeah. Sunshine, sunglasses. 
Swimming pool, pools. Barbecues. BBQs. Sandals. I mean, for those of us who live in a place that, ha- like, we only, we have the seasons. We have all, right. well, D.C., we really only have three seasons. Like, <laughs> fall, spring, LOL, they're the same. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, like, we, like, summer is, like, the time of year that we have outside. These sirens are the police coming to arrest the Washington Post for writing this horrible <laughs> <laughs> I'm so mad at them. Well, I kind of agree with the Washington Post. You don't like the summer? Um, based on the severe, severe sunburn that I'm experiencing <laughs> oh, right <wow>. now. <laughs> um, well, if you had used your HSA or FSA funds oh, to buy sunscreen. Bump, bump, wear bump. it. Yeah, wear it. Um, Well, speaking of sunscreen, this isn't really speaking of sunscreen because I did not wear sunscreen when I went to what I'm about to talk about. Great seg. Thank you. (laughs) Which is that um, I um, was just in New York and I, um, so background, I grew up in New Jersey, very close to New York. We used to go all the time. And so when I was a kid, like my mom would come up with fun things for us to do in the city. And so we used to take the Staten Island Ferry all the time because it's free. Um, and then you're like in Staten Island and you do like a fun thing and then you go back to Manhattan. Uh, but you get these like incredible views uh, of Manhattan while you're on the, on the water and you go past Lady Liberty and it's like, beautiful um so anyway so i did that again this weekend but i went specifically to go see um a staten island yankees game um and they do like a couple games every season where they have their sort of given name given by the people they had the people vote and they voted to name them the staten island pizza rats um and so i got to see the pizza rats play their pizza rat game i had a pizza rat pilsner um There were Pizza Rat t-shirts, there were Pizza Rat chants, um, Pizza Rat logos everywhere, um, and Caitlin uh, has talked about her <laughs> affinity and love for rats that do weird things, um, like the Pizza, pizza rat, rat. The rat that was stuck in the grate in, grade in grade. Germany. Yeah. She's okay. Yeah, she's still good. <laughs> Thank God. Um, <laughs> strong. And um, it was really fun. I also have never seen a minor league game before. Definitely understand why they're in the minor league. <laughs> um, fun nonetheless. Um, but, like, I get it. Um, it was really fun. Also, I don't think that people know this, but the view from the baseball stadium, thank you, um, is incredible. You can see all of Manhattan um, just, like, when you're, like, sitting there eating a hot dog and, like... And food and drink is so much cheaper there, you said. It's so cheap. (laughs) We had tickets, um, like, we were right where the pitchers practice, um, but, like, I guess, like, between second and third, um, and, uh, no, between first and second, we were, like, right on the field, and we paid $14 for our tickets. It was great. Highly recommend, next time you go to New York City, it's a free ride across the Hudson River, beautiful. And then $14 to see a great baseball game. And then, like, Pizza Rat Pilsner is, like, four bucks. Boom. Can't Done. go wrong. Great, great Sounds Saturday like a activity. great way to spend a summer evening. Yeah. Because summer's great. You can also only do it in the summer, because that's when they play. Boom. <laughs> Take that, Washington Post. <laughs> Wear it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Okay guys, that's it for Tech Swamp. If you heard anything on here that piqued your interest, head over to our website and make your way to the podcast section. We'll have notes on today's episode that include links to all the good stuff. And of course, we want to give a shout out to Brad Goodall, who composed our podcast awesome music. Thank you, Brad. Thanks, Brad. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, and Stitcher. And of course, we would absolutely love a rate review. Five stars only, please. Indeed. Uh, That's all for today, folks. Everyone say bye. 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 Yeah.